Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and relax, and whatever's going on in your your thoughts and your emotions and whatever you're looking forward to doing, just put that all aside gently. And we're just going to be open and available to the Lord to bring to our attention anything he chooses. He's very, he's, a, he's calm and he's gentle with us. And the more we receptive we are, the gentler he can be. We've talked before about how we don't want to be so set on our own ways that God has to hit us over the head to get our attention. Having an angelic visitation isn't necessarily a good thing if it's because we haven't been paying attention to God's knock on our door. So we want to be available and receptive and pursue whatever direction he gives us. Some of the steps we can take, but just as a reminder, this is not just learning for the sake of learning. This is, our process here is to encourage and hopefully edify, build up the confidence and desire to have that living relationship with God for yourself. Not just to be able to turn around and teach it to someone else. You know, that's what we've got a lot of. We've got a lot of people who, you know, and this is, you know, what seminaries produce and a lot of ministry schools is people who know stuff. Now, I've been involved in several ministries, and one of the things I learned right away was a lot of people in ministry don't know God, don't know Jesus, don't have a personal relationship with the personal God. They know they can, they passed all their tests and they got a degree and a master of divinity. But I think it was like my second year working for this one ministry where there was a a pastor's conference. And several of the pastors experienced a born-again, had a born-again experience, experienced the relationship with God for the first time. And they were, had been pastors of large churches in the area for quite some time. So this was, which was a surprise to me. Don't know why it was a surprise to me, but just the whole idea that People go into ministry for a variety of different reasons, and we're going to talk about that eventually. But a lot of times it's 
because of family. The family's been in ministry, so they want to be in ministry. There's, you know, some, you know, people want sometimes just want to do something good, and that's a way to do it is to go into ministry. A lot of times people feel like if you want to go into ministry, you have to get a degree. That's true with a lot of different things. People think that in order to go into a field, they have to get a stamp of approval from a source, and that source is very often education. That doesn't necessarily mean you're equipped to do anything, not just in ministry, but many other aspects of education. All it means is you know how to take a test. But when we are looking to learn about God, it's not just for the sake of learning about him. It's so that we can engage with what he is doing in our lives. And again, he's gentle, he's, he's building us up, he wants us to have the confidence that we are hearing him clearly, that we're pursuing and heading in the right direction. You know, when, when we need encouragement, he gives it. He's not a tease. He doesn't say, okay, now go out and do what you're supposed to do, and then leave us to go, well, what? is it that I'm supposed to do? He's, we talk about a personal relationship with a personal God. He is going to give you personal direction, personal encouragement, personal training, personal equipping, personal provision, one-on-one, you and God. That's what he desires with you. And in your spirit, you are already experiencing that one-on-one relationship. Sometimes we need to step back and think about some of our assumptions. We think about prayer and about how we please him. And very often the whole concept behind prayer is getting God to do something we want him to. So we we find a reason he would want to do what we want him to do, and then we point it out to him. And then we're more emphatic about pointing it out to him. And then we get more people to agree with us by pointing out to him that he should do this because he wants it. Whether it's he says it in the Bible or because we really, really, really want it or because it's really what's best for everybody, we find things basically to talk God into doing what we want him to do, more or less learning really well how to manipulate. But when you recognize that who you truly are, your spirit is already one with God. You don't have to get his attention. He is already meeting all your needs. Any needs that you have right now, he is, those are part of your circumstance for his purposes. He is letting those needs be unmet. 
to accomplish his and your goals. Already agreed with everything God is doing in your life. You have already said yes. If you're born again, you have said yes to whatever he wants to do. You've already agreed with it. Any questions you might have, you already have the answers. Any needs that you have, whether it's a need for healing, uh, a much more practical need, those needs have already been met in your spirit. Now, we could get into, well, how come they aren't met in our soul? How come they aren't met in our physical being? And it's God's purpose. His, he arranges the circumstances in our lives to accomplish the purposes that he and our spirit have already agreed with are what's best for us. Part of our big challenge is we disagree with God. We, we want to argue with him that, no, I would be a much better Christian if I was rich or if I was in a happy relationship or if, if I had a better boss. I'd be a much better Christian if I had a better boss. And we try to control and interfere with the strategy and the approach that God has said and decided on, this is what's best for you. So think about your circumstances right now, whatever aspects there may be. Maybe you're dealing with something in your past. You know, we really struggle with guilt and regret over things we've done in the past, and we allow our past to steal our present, which sours our future. And when we realize that God is in control of our time, and if he didn't want you to make that mistake, you wouldn't have. But between you and your spirit, you agreed that whatever outcome of that mistake was worth the benefit. It was worth it to God. It was worth it to your spirit. So God values your mistakes. He's counting on them. If we didn't make mistakes, we wouldn't need God. If we never failed, if we didn't have needs, we wouldn't need God. We wouldn't need a God, any God. We wouldn't need anybody. So he instead leaves our needs unmet. So we are not satisfied. Because he wants to be the one to meet those needs. Now we're in a process and we have a long ways to go. You know, there's all this talk about this being the end times and, you know, this worldwide pandemic, this must be something going on worldwide. Well, yeah, I mean, it's something with air travel, anything is basically worldwide. 
So instead of looking at the negative about, okay, this must be God punishing or bringing judgment or bringing the end times or whatever, really let's focus on what opportunity it is for us and recognize that whatever God is looking for as far as the circumstances of whatever he wants to do next, the next age, the next eon, you know, the next times, the end times, whatever that means, it's all going to be focused rather than on the negative circumstances, wars and famines. Don't be alarmed by that because that always happens. But be focused on is the church, and that means people, people who know God, are the people who know God without spot or wrinkle. Body and soul been reunited with spirit. And that's the only way that oneness is going to be achieved, a reuniting, reunion of spirit, soul, and body, becoming one. That's how we achieve being without spot or wrinkle. It's on an individual basis. Because, you know, as you're linked to God, I'm linked to God, everyone's, you know, linked to God through spirit, we are one body in him. It's not what church we belong to, what belief we hold. It's by spirit. And the more we learn to live and move and have our being in spirit, that's how we are come into a greater and greater united fellowship. It's not agreement of doctrine or behavior. It's being reunited spirit, soul, and body on an individual basis. So we are all, if you've been born again, you're as close to God as you're ever going to get. Your soul isn't. Hopefully your soul over time will become more united with your spirit. But your spirit is one with God, and it's never going to get any more one with him. You're, you already have everything you need for life and godliness within your spirit right now. You have already entered the kingdom of God. It's in your midst. It's not someplace you have to go. He's not afar off. You have already inherited your inheritance. You are a joint heir with Christ and a co-inheritor with him. I love the story about the prodigal son. We so often focus on the prodigal, but I like to look at the older son who stayed home. And the young son comes back, and the prodigal son, and the, the father puts a ring on his finger and says, let's have a feast. And the other son comes and says, you know, Dad, what are you giving him this party for? He wasted everything you gave him. How come you never gave me a party? And the father tells him, you could have had a party at any time because everything I have is yours. Everything God has is yours. 
we don't ask, we don't understand, we don't perceive. And it's not, it's, that's not because we're bad or missing something. It's because we don't know. And this is part of God drawing us. And part of our goal here is to get is to increase your awareness of his drawing, of his knocking, of his trying to get your attention. Now, how do we give him our attention? This is also on a very personal level, and a lot of it's going to depend on your schedule and your your temperament and the way God made you. And it can vary from moment to moment. Sometimes God may really draw you to changing your lifestyle. Other times it could be about changing your attitude or receiving healing or making some fundamental changes, maybe even moving geographically or changing jobs. But as, and, and all the result of all of those things is, being aware of God making himself known to us, of his providing direction or guidance or encouragement or healing, and knowing how to respond. That's all we can do is respond. You can't make God talk to you the way you want him to talk to you. We can ask, Lord, open my ears. Give me understanding. We can ask, but remember, your spirit already has all that truth. All the questions are answered in your spirit. All your needs are met in your spirit. So you don't go before him with any lack. You go before your God because you have already received everything he has. You are his firstborn son. He loves you with everything he is, with everything he has. And it has nothing to do with what you have or haven't done, what mistakes you might have made, where you might have missed him, or what you have to offer has nothing to do with your soul, has nothing to do with your body, has nothing to do with the circumstances here on this earth. Because guess what? He gave you the circumstances you have here on this earth. He gave you the body you have. He gave you the soul you have. And it's exactly the soul he wants you to have. And it's exactly the body he wants you to have. And they're exactly the circumstances he wants you to have. And you've agreed to it. Say, Lord, I don't like it, but if this is what you want for me, I'll go along with it. This is one of the responses we're we're hopefully all learning, is whatever God says, what's the best response? Gratitude. Thank you, Lord. For whatever it is, I thank you, Lord. Now, there's times when that's 
not the Lord. Times when God puts us in situations where we are to learn how to engage in warfare. Not out of our own strength, but because we are a son of God. This is where learning how to live as a spirit being and those abilities that God put in our soul that he gave us, each one of us, our own individual soul, your soul, just like a family will have a special talent. For instance, music. Music may run in a family. Red hair may run in a family. There may be characteristics that run in a family. Well, we are in the family of God, and we have his characteristics. But we still have to act on them and see how they work. You could be a a son or a daughter of the most famous musician or composer uh, that's ever walked the earth, but that doesn't make you a musician or composer. You still have to learn. You still have to practice. You still have to develop your craft. That's you and I. We are sons of the greatest musician and composer that's ever lived. He's the greatest artist. He's the greatest physician. He's the smartest that's ever lived. He's the most compassionate that's ever lived. But just being his sons doesn't mean anything. All the potential is there in our soul, in our body. All the potential to be as compassionate as God, to be as great of a composer as he is, as infinitely creative as he is, as infinitely informed and knowledgeable and powerful, infinitely powerful, infinitely knowledgeable. The potential is there, but if we don't learn how to read music, if we don't learn by practicing, finding out what we're best at, finding out what our niche is, failing, playing in concerts before audiences who hate us, trying and failing and getting back up and dealing with good circumstances, dealing with bad circumstances. You know, sometimes success can be more deadly than failure. Success very often reveals what we really believe about ourselves and about others. And it can be just as dangerous for us. But that's the circumstance that God puts us in. A lot of times, so he can reveal the lies we're believing about ourselves, about him, about others. And all he wants is a relationship with us. And as we work on the potential to be, again, you're in your spirit, you are already a son of God, but your soul isn't. But your soul has that potential to be reunited with spirit and be part of who God is. 
as we work towards that, and he changes us. We don't change ourselves. He changes us. But as we go through that process, it's the, the purifying, the purification, the, the change where we are made not into his likeness, not just spirit, because our spirit is already there, but soul and body as well. And each one of us has a different, we could even say a different talent, a different soul, a different character, a different blend or expression of who God is, of how he works, of his ways. He is himself so many multifaceted. To try to understand his nature with our finite brain is going to end up with just nothing but misunderstanding and misinterpretation of who he is and how much he loves us. So we rely on him and we, we make ourselves available to him so he can explain and express himself however he chooses. This kind of brings us back to the whole concept of the Trinity we talked about last time. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There's a lot of different concepts in Western Christianity that are nothing more than a reason to argue. If what you believe about something, about anything, whether it's hell and heaven, the you know backsliding, um, end times, or speaking in tongues, um, what or the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, anything, if what you believe about it is bringing you into a greater dependence and greater relationship with God, then fine. But if God is putting his finger on what you believe and saying, this right here, this belief is keeping you from resting in me. This belief about your brothers and sisters, about your family, about fellow believers, about your neighbor, this belief is keeping you from being able to receive what they, the love they have for you. Your beliefs, my beliefs, our beliefs can keep us from receiving healing, from receiving, from getting our soulical and physical needs met. And that's one of the ways God reveals to us an area where we are resisting him. Obviously, the best way we can go through this life is to have an increasing awareness of God getting our attention. Learning to hear his voice. And we have that confidence. Yes, I'm hearing. Then you hear him and then you say, okay, am I going to say yes or no? That's a whole different ball of wax. But it's much easier to say to him, say yes to him, 
when you are confident that he loves you, that what he's doing in your life is best for you. Not just good, but best. He has your best interests. He knows far better than you do what your needs are. He knows what you need tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. He has created your tomorrow and the day after that and the day after that. And it's not, he's not worried about his reputation. He's not worried about anyone's reputation. His, yours, mine, the media, what the media says. He's not worried about any of that. He's in control of it all. He created everything. He created it all for his purpose. And what is his purpose? You. You are his purpose. You are what he's doing here on this earth. He's bringing in you into oneness, spirit, soul, and body, into perfect relationship with yourself and perfect relationship with him. So hopefully be encouraged to don't get bogged down by doctrines and beliefs if they're keeping you from resting and receiving what God has for you, ask the Lord to reveal the truth. Sometimes he may just say, I just want you to set that aside and accept what I have for you, even if it doesn't fit with what you think you believe. Over time, let him deal with any changes that need to be made. So thanks for dropping me a line. I always appreciate hearing from you all. My Email address is diane at the at org, or you can contact me through Blog Talk Radio. We'll be getting back together again the same time next week. Until then, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>